0: The scene opens in Sharon Hollow, Michigan, a town that once had a thriving economy based on tourism and the auto industry, but now is in a downward spiral that's unlikely to ever recover. A pair of hunters wander the forest on the lookout for any game. So, Chuck, what brings us out here?
1: Well, old, uh, Walt Herman said he saw a big old 12-pointer out this way, so, you know, we ain't had any luck otherwise. It's worth a try. So shut up and keep looking.
2: I think I think I found some tracks. Oh, they're, good! They're heading over this way. They're the they're, they're heading up up, up a, They're up a tree. Chuck, so, wait, Chuck, get 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 over, get Chuck.
1: Bert, Bert, what's wrong, Bert? Bert, oh my God, Bert! Bert, are you right? Bert! Oh, God!
0: These are the mysteries lurking in small towns. These are the kids that search for the truth. These are the outsiders with unusual powers. These are Fortunes Untold. Welcome to Fortunes Untold. I'm Davery. I'm Andrew. I'm Chad. And this week, we're going to be reviewing Kids on Bikes by Renegade Games. So uh, Kids on Bikes, as as you guys know, but the listener at home may not, is really based around the idea of all the, the great old, well, I say great old because I love them, <laughs> the old 80s and 90s and probably even like late 70s. Uh, kid gang movies yeah. like uh, E.T. or of course like the big new one the new hotness is Stranger Things. Yep. But yeah like E.T. the Goonies the Explorer stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's all based around that idea. You're a bunch of kids in a small town on your bikes <laughs> roaming around and solving mysteries.
1: And it's always I, one of the tropes of the game I think is you mentioned is that it's Always set in a time before cell phones were common.
0: Right. It it doesn't matter when, like, I mean, I guess technically you could all be on your penny farthings in 1880.
1: <laughs> Our philosophies. <laughs>
0: yes. But you have to be at a time when there weren't cell phones to keep you instantly connected and make sure you have a camera in your pocket and all that good stuff. Like, like you have to be able to be disbelieved by the local adults. <laughs> so like when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. When all of us were kids. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That really dates us. <laughs> doesn't it though? <laughs> Probably so, yeah. As opposed to everyone else, you know, like some of the other people in the audience, who might be like, "Oh yeah, like a historical fantasy game." <laughs> I'm
2: sad. <now>. I miss. <laughs> I miss actually remembering my number. I actually remember my number for my house in Bridge of Weir, in Scotland. Like it's, and if anyone wants to call it, it's oh one five oh five six nine zero three three six. I will not
0: answer. I, I will tell that much. Is it oh one one
2: eight nine one five? It's not that long, but like <laughs> it, it was long. Like we had like our like you know your dial areas are like 3d numbers ours were five <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know why because there's like our population we've got like in the whole of the uk it's like 32 million to your 320 <laughs> odd million over here so eh, apparently we know. just need we just like to make things overly complex <laughs> fair
0: <laughs> enough so yeah so talking about this game trying to think of anything else that we need to mention the uh conceits of the game but i think that's pretty much it is like i said it's your your kids a small town. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the, the the on bikes part comes from the fact that they say that the town should be small enough that your characters can go from one side of it to the other within like maybe an hour on a bike.
2: That actually sounds like where I grew up, but like a tiny little village. We had a population of
0: about 3,000 people. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah. Like that, again, the Goonies is a great example yeah. of how yeah. they're always hoofing around on bikes. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, make it from their seaside home to one eyed Willie's cave in relatively short order.
2: Yeah. So you're not yep.
0: having to spend days going on a trip. Exactly. And, and because so in this game, you can, although it says kids, you can play anyone. You can play a child, you can play a teen, you can play an adult, you can play whatever, but your character cannot have a car. They old, specifically say old you man on bikes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you specifically have to have your resources limited. You can't hop in your car and drive three hours away to pick up supplies. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. So for some reason, if you want to be the weird old guy, if you want to be the, uh, the teacher from Wizard of Oz, (laughs) the creepy old lady, (laughs) but doesn't she travel by tornado (laughs) eventually? (laughs) I'm not sure that quote is traveling. (laughs) Well, she does go a fair distance. That's the truth. (laughs) And yeah. And the character sheet is very straightforward. Mm -hmm. Like you have six stats. You have fight, flight, brains, bronze, charm, and grit. The way it works is you have an array of dice from D4 all the way up to D20. You have one of each and you place them in order from going from D4 is you are very terrible at this attribute to uh, D20 is you are fantastic at this. Like you are, the way they describe it is something along the lines of if you have a D20 in an attribute, people who don't know you still describe you based on that attribute. So like if you have a D20 brawn, they might call you like beefcake. (laughs) <laughs> or or if you have a D20 brains, they might call you Einstein, just because something about you looks like you're super smart. And then you have a couple of, I think they're called talents or, or strengths, I think is what they're called. Yeah, I think they call them strengths. Strengths, yeah. And they're very obvious things like loyal, unassuming, easygoing, rebellious, cool under pressure. And they just give you a little like plus one knack to whatever you're doing there.
1: Yeah, and I noticed that uh, equipment is... Dead simple. It's whatever you can fit in your backpack, more or less.
0: Yeah, I love that. And actually, on the character sheet, there is a backpack where you're expected to write. It. But yeah, it is. It's like okay, if you're a kid or a teen or whatever, you got a backpack with you. What do you have stuffed in there?
2: <laughs> I'll I'll make comment about the the character sheet as that is my thing. Apparently, um, <laughs> the it's it. I wouldn't say it's the most stunning thing I've ever seen, but it's super simple and to the point. Like in creating this character, I think it took me a total of ten minutes, and I already had the character and the. The way you build your
0: character, it gives you a sense of who they are, not just what they are, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Right, yeah. The the easiest way to create the characters, so of course, the way we went for it for doing <laughs> a review, is there are what they call tropes, which are basically like pre-created characters. And in the tropes, they specifically give you questions so, like, your character might have the trope of brilliant mathlete. And one of your questions is, how does your social isolation manifest itself? Do people go, nerd? Exactly. <laughs> Are, have you been given swirlies in the toilet in the uh, school toilets before? Well, then uh, that might be how it manifests itself. Do you own
1: a wide variety of pocket protectors?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How many slide rules do you have? <laughs> your
2: backpack is just filled with pocket protectors.
1: <laughs> Math books, pocket protectors, slide rules, you know. <laughs> Maybe and, a protractor if you're feeling fancy. Mm-hmm.
2: All
0: right. And another thing that we will get into in the game, hopefully, is a failure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you... So you roll your stat to accomplish something. So say like you're you're going to get into a fist fight with the bully on the playground, then you'll roll your fight. And uh, unlike a lot of games, even in combat, you don't go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The two of you make a roll and then narratively, you land on how that happens. So obviously in the case of an opposed role, the uh, highest number wins. Otherwise the GM might assign a target number that you have to meet with your role. And, uh, but so you roll, if you make it in an opposed role, if you roll higher then you succeed on a role where you're not opposed, where you're just trying to do something like maybe scale offense or, uh, sneak past the principal or do whatever. If you roll and you fail, you get something called an adversity token. Hmm. So even if you fail, you get something out of it. Hmm. And you can later on spend those adversity tokens in certain situations to try and bump your numbers up. Those coincide Over.
2: with your strengths. Right. The adversity tokens. I remember reading on that when my character name was coming in.
0: Yeah, a lot of the strengths will give you something specific like maybe if you spend an adversity token on your strength, you get a plus two instead of a plus one mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah, they. I love the fact that they... You will fail, but you will get rewarded for that failure and you'll still be able to propel the story along. I think that's the more
2: games we play, we see that the reward for failure element seems like always a very positive thing for, especially for me.
0: Yeah, I love it because I hate a lot of games where it's like, okay, roll your, you know, pick locks. Okay, I rolled it, I didn't make it. Okay, okay, well, what happens now? I guess nothing because you haven't opened the door. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time to play Kids on Bikes. Uh, No, it is not. No, it's not. (laughs) You (laughs) wish. (laughs) Because there are other parts of this game. Oh. Yes. The other parts of this game is not only are the players given a lot of rewards for, for, given rewards for failure, but the players are expected to be an active part of creating the world.
2: Huh. That's new.
0: Yeah. And one of the ways that manifests is there are certain, there's a certain series of questions that are supposed to be answered before any game starts. Okay. So, the option can be that the GM answers them all by himself, muah <laughs> or the one they really prefer is you let the players answer some of the questions, and that kind of helps build the world together.
1: Hmm. So which one are we actually going
2: to do? Are you oh. going to do the lonely
0: one, or are you going to sit in your room? <laughs> late oh, night? no, I'm going to make you guys work. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, to, to be fair, we are actually not just using kids on bikes, but we're using their first published campaign book, I guess, called Strange Adventures. Strange Adventures is a group of settings that are for there. So they have a lot of the questions that are normally answered already answered for you. So, for example, a very generic question is, where does your adventure take place? Well, the setting books answer that for you. In this case, it takes place in Sharon Hollow, Michigan. When does our adventure take place? It answers that, early 90s. But what it does is it gives you other questions that are unique to that setting, and you answer those instead. So we'll be doing a couple of those. We'll go ahead and start with some of these example questions. One of them is, our town is famous for blank. In the case of Sharon Hollow, it is famous for tourism. But there is another flip side question of, our town is infamous for, and that's something you guys can answer. Okay. So we can kind of work that out together. Or if one of you guys has a really great idea, you're like, no, I'm taking that one. So something that your town has done that may be kind of nefarious, like a good example uh, that I'm thinking of might be... uh, well, I think it's Branson, Missouri, like some of the places up in the mountains where there were a lot of heavy tourism. But in the 20s, there were things like uh, mobsters would go there a lot. Hmm. So they might be famous for, oh yeah, like we're famous for tourism. We're kind of infamous for dark tourism.
1: So we're famous for tourism. And we kind of discussed a little bit before that there's a, a lake, I think as we were discussing in this in this area.
0: Yeah, right? we, should, we should go ahead and explain that to some of these people. Again, part of the, the explanation that the book Strange Adventures gives is we said you're in Sharon Hollow, Michigan in the early nineties. This is right during the beginning of the collapse of the, the quote unquote rust belt. And Sharon Hollow is a town that's about an hour West of Detroit. And it was initially used as a sort of getaway town for the really wealthy people in the auto industry. This is where they would have, like I said, there's a lake there. I mean, they would have their second homes. But, I mean, their second homes are still mansions. They're still like 10,000 square foot summer homes. It's like the Catskills, Mm -hmm. uh, where people in New York would come out and vacation for two months in a giant, like, Mm -hmm. suite. So it's that sort of thing. They, They had these houses, these gigantic, huge houses. But when the economy started to collapse, some of these people either sold them off or just abandoned them, or they even just up and pulled stakes and left Michigan completely. So there are these giant abandoned houses around there. And, and yeah, that's where the town is, is kind of sitting now.
1: Well, I was thinking, okay, as the, the economy started to go on its downturn and, you know, tourism dried up, all of these, these big mansions along the waterfront have been abandoned. There was a period where about six months where they were finding murder victims had turned up floating in the lake. Oh. And they uh, they tracked them back to organized crime activity in Detroit proper. But this city's enough out of the way; it's decaying. Tourists don't go there anymore. It was a convenient dumping spot at all these empty marinas and abandoned docks and and whatnot to to the get kind rid of. Floated downriver,
0: eh,
1: you know. <laughs> kind
0: kind of the whole stereotypical dirty teamsters and mobsters sort of thing. Yeah. This is where they would drop people with concrete boots. Yep. I like it. Mm. Andrew, sound good to you? Oh, yeah. So the
1: whole area got, for at least a little while, till it got too much attention, it wasn't uncommon necessarily to to maybe find something unpleasant if you were out fishing.
0: Okay, so yeah, our town is infamous for murder dumping. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Okay, so another question that is normally asked is, economically, our town is blank. But again, Strange Adventures answers that for Sharon Hollow. It's stagnant and Mm. decaying. Another uh, question that we can answer is a notable local organization in Sharon Hollow is blank. That seems like one for Andrews as um, I the last
2: one. Well, the UAW, United Auto Workers, mm-hmm. I would say that they're trying to assist the people with like moving and stuff like that. Anyone who's lived in the area, still, maybe anyone who was attached to that, that industry when it went under, they're trying to assist people moving to maybe. Get out the skilled laborers, move them to more to more other areas around the. So there's a big American like States. union hall, or like okay, a union so, yeah. hall that they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to assist. So there's always like a rep going around. They may have maybe have an office in town to try and help anyone who's been seriously hurt by the the rust belt. Clubs. All
0: right, I like it. Yeah, strong union presence. Like say the yeah. UAW. So are they trying to get people to move away from Sharon Hollow to a different town? Or Are they trying to pivot their skill set? into a different industry, but still in the same area.
2: I would go with uh, maybe try and keep the area alive. Okay. They're trying to, like, maybe trying to take some of the old buildings and, be, like, repurpose them. Like, hey, we could be canning fish or we could be doing this or, you know, like, different something else that that coincides with the area. Maybe they're trying to drum up some...
1: Other Uh, manufacturing. Other
0: manufacturing ideas and and stuff like that. So pivot skills, but keep people in the same area they maybe they grew up in and maybe the the same factory they and their dad worked at. Still be using welding for something else. Maybe not making the cars, but maybe something else. Or
2: leather upholstery. Maybe they're trying to redo furniture or something else. It's a big forested area. I would assume like maybe they can make,
0: like, yeah, there, there is a huge forest that's specifically listed in the book. There's a huge forest on the outskirts of, of Sharon hollow. So that's perfect. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're trying to bring in some lumber industry as yeah.
1: discovered by our unfortunate friends, Bert and Chuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> RIP <For,
0: laughs> guys. All right. So, uh, another question, which we can either answer this or there is a, a sort of answer already in the book. Uh, a notable local landmark is blank and, as I've mentioned to you guys off air, there's a specific one in the book listed called the Fort. So, like I said, this place is is very wealthy. I picture this place like Vale or the Catskills or the Hamptons or someplace like that. So when when people come up, they might they might have come up literally in helicopters or in something like that. When you see these wealthy people, like I said these are ten thousand square foot, three story homes. They're you know, just insane places. One of the things that someone built at some point for their kid, and, and at this point, no one knows who, or at least the kids don't, and that's who really matters in this. Of course, they built, in effect, a treehouse for their kids. But this treehouse is like it's even listed in the book. It's like fifteen hundred square feet. It's huge. Uh, it's bigger than some homes that some of the people in the town live in. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so. And because it's been abandoned by whoever did own it, a lot of the local kids end up going there and, and you know stealing schnapps from their parents' liquor cabinet or the, kid, the, the young kids go out there and camp out in the woods in the fort and do all that. And so mm-hmm. that's, it's become a place where all of the young kids kind of congregate and use it to get away from them. So that's a very possible local landmark is just simply the fort in the woods. Unless you guys have some other idea that you think like, oh, you know what would be kind of cool would be this sort of thing.
2: I mean, I like that one. I actually. like. I actually like that idea yeah, of the, the fort, and I think it's.
1: I mean, the only other thing I could off the t- off the cuff would think of would be something like again old manufacturing infrastructure. You know, an old steel foundry or something of that sort, like on the outskirts of town, but. That I that. do like the I do like the fort though. That's very thematic.
0: Well, that one's definitely going to stay. But yeah. if you had a second one like if you want to say like yeah, there's an old there's an old steel foundry where they would maybe they would have to process some of the things locally. Yeah,
1: I mean it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Like some people work locally in manufacturing, everyone else commutes to, you know, Detroit or or, mm-hmm. you know, the outskirts there for for manufacturing. And when Detroit went under, you know, the local the local factory, the local foundry went under as well.
0: Okay, well, yeah, let's put that down then. We'll put the old foundry. <laughs> that could be what they're trying to restart. Is that
2: local foundry? Yeah, foundry. Trying to
1: repurpose it into a, you know, trying to, to get a company to come in and bring it back online for some other purpose. Because mm-hmm. okay. it's already manufacturing infrastructure,
0: so. Hmm. Perfect, yeah, we'll put that down then. The old foundry on the outskirts of town. Now, this one may matter more for Chad's character than Andrew's, but Uh-oh. you're both welcome to answer it. Our school's sports team is called The Blank. Ooh. Mm. So it could be connected to the the auto industry, or it could not be. It, could, it doesn't have to be. It could just be a raging animal <laughs> that's always <laughs> popular, I was say,
1: as most of them are. Yep.
2: Uh, it could be a like a vehicle or like uh, something to do with the. Uh, it's the Hollow Falls, right? That's what it's called, What's Sharon Hollow. Sharon Hollow. Yeah. Let me write this down. So I don't ask that question ever again.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it could be like the Scrappin' Sharons or something, but I don't think that would be like... <laughs> That doesn't quite sound <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that, no. that doesn't put fear in the hearts of your opponents or anything. <laughs> uh, but you could do alliteration. You could be like the, the Sharon Hollow scorpions or something.
1: I don't <laughs> know. Well, we all know how common scorpions are in Michigan. Yeah, exactly. I guess I...
2: <laughs> they grow on trees. <laughs> um... um
1: I tend to think just like most places, it's probably going to be. I mean, most places are are either animal related or it's something like the Spartans or, right. you know,
0: and my local one was the Commodores. You know, so it's, yeah, so it, it tends to be either military or animal.
1: Yeah. Dang it. I don't, I never really played much noise sports. I know that should come as a horrible surprise to you guys.
0: What? A guy uh, who plays, plays role playing games? <laughs>
1: I know, I know. I know mean, it's hard to believe, but.
0: I didn't either. <laughs> I mean, it could be something simple like the Panthers.
1: Uh, let's go with the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Sharon Hollow Grizzlies. Makes sense.
0: Great. Okay. I don't,
1: I don't think there are any Grizzlies out there, but you know what? It's good enough.
0: <laughs> There's a football field full of them. All right. <laughs> now, another one. So to to give a little backstory to your characters um, that we've discussed off air is that your characters are actually going to be brothers. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Chad is going to be playing the older brother, Andrew's going to be playing the younger brother, so we can showcase the rules for teens and children, respectively.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm just not sure I can pull off playing a child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So one of the questions is, and this one I believe is unique to the Sharon Hollow setting, is how is your family getting by in these rough financial times?
1: Not well, I think. Okay.
0: nope. So family's kind of struggling a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think probably... You know, probably our dad maybe worked in the factories and has had to find other work. Okay. Uh, and I think we had discussed maybe he's a truck driver. He's right. he's not around much.
0: So your parents are still together, but they're both having a hard time?
1: Yeah, I think probably they're still together. But, you know, again, dad, he's, say he's a long-haul truck driver, he's just not home
2: very much. All right. And I think her mom, we just discussed that she works at at the
0: local diner. Okay, yeah. (laughs) There might have been two, but now there's just the one. There's just the one. All right, so dad's a long-haul truck driver. Mom works as a waitress. Yes. All right. In the uh, local thing. Awesome. All right. And the final question for the town building is, again, unique to, to Strange Adventures, is what does your character think about the rumor that the woods slash the fort is bad luck?
1: I don't think my character believes it. He's he's at that age, being in his late teens, that he thinks that's essentially kid stuff. It's oh. nonsense and superstition. All right.
0: Yeah, I don't believe in ghosts or Santa Claus yeah. or that the woods are haunted. Exactly. Yeah, right?
1: I, th- I think that's his attitude. It's like, I've got real world adult stuff to deal with. <laughs> you babies can think it's haunted all you want to. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my character, his trope is he's the conspiracy theorist. Oh, okay. So he's the smarter of the two. And he knows Pssh. that there's something fishy going on in them woods. But he doesn't think it's like bad luck. He thinks more of, well, there's a maybe some cult going on. Something, something's happened in those woods, and it's not exactly a friendly place to be anymore.
1: It's a cult of aliens that escaped from Area 51.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> took a long ride to Michigan. So okay, so the answer there is Chad does not think about it, or at least if he does, he thinks it's a BS. And Andrew's yep. like, oh yeah, that's totally true, but it's not what you think. <laughs> Totally true, but not what you think. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then that wraps up the questions for that part. But there is another part of character building, which is is actually character-to-character interactions. Mm-hmm. All right. And there are a series of questions that you can ask. that The GM randomly rolls and assigns them. And there are a bunch of different options for how many questions and of what type you ask people. And it's defined by there are different questions for characters you know well versus characters you don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for example, to to use like a stranger things example, Mike and uh, Lucas might have a different set of questions because they know each other because they're friends, but Lucas and 11 would have totally different questions because they are complete strangers to each other. Yeah. Okay. So in this case, because you're brothers, we're going to assume you know each other. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and then there are, uh, there are positive questions and there are negative questions. Normally you just can you can ask one of one question for each person, but since we're only going with two players in order to kind of generate some more story, I'm gonna go ahead and have one positive, one negative for both of you. Okay. Cool. So I'm gonna start off and I guess we'll just do the positives each. And I'm gonna arbitrarily start with Andrew. So I'm gonna roll my D20. I got a 17, and it's what aspect of Chad's personality of his character's personality. Do you try to use as a model for your own? And I guess really, if we're going to do that, we should probably go ahead and explain a little bit about your characters. So the audience kind of understands where your characters are coming from. So Chad, why don't you start with your character and describe him?
1: All right. Well, the trope I went with for my character, my character is uh, William Jack Jackson. His middle name is Jack. He hates being called Billy, which is what everybody in his family always wanted to call him. (laughs) So he goes by Jack. Um, he, I went with the young provider trope. All right. So he's seventeen, and you know his family's struggling. So he does odd handyman jobs around town to kind of generate extra money, both for himself and for the family. So that being the case, his highest stat is grit. He has mm-hmm. a D twenty in grit. Oh wow! So he's very both mentally and physically tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, next is of course brawn. So. You know, I picture him. He's he's very, he's very kind of stocky, right? You know, kind of sandy blonde hair, stocky brown eyes. He's a teenager, so he automatically gets rebellious. (laughs) But he's also tough, and he's picked up some skills as as handyman. So you know, he's a little, he's he's restless, and he's got a bit of a temper. Mm. He desperately wants to get out of this town.
0: Does he maybe come off a little gruff?
1: Yeah, I think he probably comes off as just a little bit, a little bit gruff, a little bit sullen. Because he desperately wants to get out of this town, but he has to stay and take care of his baby brother.
0: What a teenager in a small town coming I off sullen.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, David? I'm shocked. Shocked, I say.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, and Andrew, what about your character? Well, my name's I'm Mikey, uh, Mikey Jackson, and uh, uh no relation. And he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. He's um, as I said, he's the conspiracy theorist. He's he's actually like really intelligent. He's a highly intelligent character. That's where my my d20 is in brains except he doesn't believe what he sees he's also got a healthy dose of paranoia and and an unhealthy dose to go with that (laughs) so everything he's calling into question like he'll sit and have conversations with adults find loopholes in their arguments destroy them with it and then come out with a load of nonsense just to prove his point right (laughs) so he's got he's got some issues um it sounds like he might be a little bastard (laughs) yeah oh he is he is but he's like he's like he's that little, he's also like part of his character flaws is he's paranoid and he's blunt. So he's like, you're stupid. Here's why. And here's why it's aliens. Like, um. <laughs>
1: so I'm constantly having to haul you out of, out of getting a, a, an ass whooping. <laughs> All right, well, got of,
2: I've got my second, my D 12s in fights. So he's used to getting into fights with people, probably older people than he is. Cause his gen, I would see him being at point of like contention with his own age. Cause they're not smart enough for him. It's maybe like he, Maybe being left alone is what
0: because he's been left alone by his parents. So your
1: character is completely insufferable. Got yeah. it. <laughs> All right.
0: So in that case, then what uh, what aspect of Chad's of uh, Jack's personality do you think Mikey has said like that? I, that that's what I wanted to be like when it, I grow it's up. It's his
2: grit, his ability to stick to his guns, to to be like on the on the ball with it, and be like this is this is what I believe. This is what's going forward. This is what's happening, and being able to just. Stick All right, his
0: determination. I his like determination. that. I like that a lot. All right. Well, now let's ro- the roll the reverse. The positive question for Chad is what trait about Mikey that Mikey hates <laughs> do you genuinely appreciate about him?
1: Hmm. What trait does Mi Mike, that Mikey
0: hate? So this may end up having to have Andrea answer a little bit of like what what trait about Mikey, what does Mikey not like about himself? Well, he's not particularly strong. Um
2: he's uh He's not particularly charming either. Like when he talks to people, he's like he's honest. Like he's like he's got that inability to like sugarcoat anything. He's just like true, except when it comes to like his theories and then he's off the wall wacky, but
1: I think he I think given who Jack is, he probably actually does appreciate Mikey's bluntness, his ability as a kid to actually be completely honest because okay. it's something that that Jack doesn't see adults, it doesn't see adults being honest either oh, to no. themselves or to the kids.
0: Does Jack think adults are phonies? <laughs> to an extent, I think he does. Uh-huh. No,
1: everything's fine, <laughs> and, it, and it's very obvious. Jack's Jack's at that that sort of bitter teenage angst phase a little bit. Gotcha.
0: Okay, I like it. Yeah, Ma- Mikey's bluntness and honesty with everyone. Because at least you know, at least
1: you all, he always knows where he stands with his little brother. Right. Even if he can't stand him because he's his little brother.
0: <laughs> Makes <laughs> sense. There we go. All right. So now we come to the next part, the fun part, the relationship questions that are negative. Uh, mm. So I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to ask Chad first this time. Got a five. What does Mikey have that you want to take from them? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird one for you. Yeah. Um does it mean like – do you think it means physical things? Or I think, think it could it probably means, be
1: either, honestly. It, it could uh, be.
0: It could be like uh, – if you want to take from the – maybe uh, – I'm just kind of spitballing here. Maybe Mikey has like a relentless – I do want to say optimism, but maybe Mikey just like a kid, like lack of understanding of how the real world is, and maybe you want him to like toughen up and and know what it's really like. And
2: oh yes, I can see what you're
0: I, doing I with can that. see
1: that. Yeah, that actually does make sense. Like you need to grow up a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Put down the sugary cereal, stop watching cartoons, and grow up a little bit because. <laughs>
0: You know, put down your comic books, and stop reading. That's right. Time to grow up, kid.
1: Turn off your hippity hop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Things don't always work out well for you.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that actually does make sense. I, th- I think for that. Because I'm not sure how to answer that question, but yeah, I think that makes makes sense.
2: Would also be like it follow in because Mikey's content because there's so much he sees the weird stuff going on. He thinks there's a cult in town. He's trying to investigate
1: it. Whereas I think Jack kind of sees that tendency yeah. in Mikey as being childish.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it could be that because Mikey's really smart, like. He has the ability to get out of the town. He could go off and have little a bit of, little a, bit of jealousy. On a Jack's little bit part. of jealousy there because of the, like totally he has work. the ability to get a career that could take him out of this town, or he could go to colleges and do stuff like that. Maybe he was on the chess club and he was like, There was no competition, so I left. Like <laughs> there was all these things for him to get out of the town with and he's just like, I'm not interested. I wanna I wanna figure out what this cult is. <laughs> and
1: because you're you've not been interested in, whereas Jack kind of feels like he he's trapped a little bit. It's like you need to grow up and, and take advantage of some of these yeah, that, that these bit- opportunities while there's still time.
0: That bitterness totally makes sense. All right. Well, let's see what the other one is here. We've got, um, okay. Oh, this one could be interesting. And, okay. and this we'll probably need some help from Chad also. What is the most dishonest thing Mikey has ever seen Jack do? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. Um, I think I'm going to have to have Chad tell me this one. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, Okay, well...
1: Hmm.
2: What if he stole something? That's what I
1: was thinking. So, I picture Jack, like I said, he's been doing handyman stuff, you know, around town and whatnot. So he kind of, he has it, like, he's, he's managed to build up a collection of, you know, tools and whatnot. I think... Okay, so say last Christmas, you know, time's been hard. You got that, your character has a camera. Yeah. What uh Jack did is he actually broke into one of the boarded up mansions mm-hmm. there along the waterfront and stripped out a bunch of like the copper and ah. light fixtures and whatnot and pawned it off so he could at least buy something for his little brother.
0: Ah, I like it. Yeah. So you like you say, you, you stripped the copper and sold it to yeah. one of the metal shops around town.
1: Yeah. He went through and, and basically breaking and entering. Even, yeah. The place may have been abandoned, but still and he he busted in there so he could scavenge so he could at least buy something for his brother
0: okay. for Christmas. So Andrew since since Chad kind of answered that question for you, I'll ask, I'll ask a corollary and you alone answer this one. Does Jack know that Mikey knows that? No. Okay. But because like he sees it as something like
2: it's honorable like like he's done something for for him and he feels like guilty of, about it. Kind of like, I feel bad that my brother had to feel like he had to go through all this to, to just get something for me. And there is that sense of animosity between the two because... Both brothers. They're, they're brothers. They're brothers. <laughs> so there's that There's that element, the slight element of resentment. Um, But there's also that thing where he looks up to his older brother. It's his older brother. He, right. he cares about him and he wants him to do well. And he's like, he doesn't want his older brother to feel any sense of disappointment in what he's done. So he just... On Christmas Day, he well, probably open the present. It was probably some film or something that's really expensive because it's a Polaroid camera. Well, I was thinking right. it
1: might be the camera itself. Well, it could have been yeah. the
2: camera. It could have been the camera itself. Like, so he got the camera for him, and he opened it up, and he knew where the money came from to get this. But he just he was like in awe of this item, and he was like, "This is what this is what I really wanted. This is what I really wanted." And he freaked out, and his parents maybe looked at him funny, and he'd be like, "Maybe he covered for him a little." I was like, "So that's why you're working all that overtime or something like that to just because yeah. I would say like." From Mikey's point of view, he is the, like, in the family, he's probably got the, the IQ that's the highest. He does know how to, like, manipulate people and play them a little, but he doesn't He doesn't use it that way. He doesn't use his brains that way. He kind of uses them on his conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Like, focuses <laughs> right. mainly on his, his crazy paranoia. <laughs> Fair enough. Too, too much sugar in X-Files. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. All Maybe right. he got into X-Files. Maybe that was one of the things. Like... <laughs> hey, X-Files started in the early 90s. You could totally be in the first season of that and be obsessed with it. <laughs> It would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> he got parents are home. They're not going to stop him from watching stuff like that. <laughs> Staying up too late watching the X-Files and Outer Limits. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, how about we get started with this game then? All right. Okay. So we start in Sharon Hollow, Michigan in a small working class house down a side street. We zoom into the house and there's a woman in her probably mid forties racing around desperately getting dressed and trying to get prepared and, uh, Andrew's character, Mikey, I'm thinking probably what, sitting in the living room watching Power Rangers or something? Yeah, I think
2: he'd be like checking checking out some Power Rangers. Sitting there with some what Was that Coke we were talking about earlier on? What like Jolt Cola? Jolt or something? Cola, He's kind of Jolt Cola to the left of them. Some some Funyuns. Hey,
1: yeah. hey, the family ain't doing well. You get store
0: brand cola. <laughs> you get Doctor Doctor Enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's probably like the dull thump of like Metallica or suicidal tendencies or something coming from the uh, absolutely the, one of the back rooms as uh, Jack is in there brooding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but not the cure let's not go too far no 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 metal. that's okay. right you're
0: hardcore brooder
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean,
1: Mikey's also kissed. I mean given the region you know <laughs>
2: yeah that's true alright Mikey's also he's got the newspaper right in front of him and he's got scissors and he's like cutting out articles and
0: stuff and sitting
1: in his notebook <laughs> drawing like red lines connecting things yeah
0: <laughs> super gluing them into your into your uh, scrapbook of, of information <laughs> yeah I, I love it all right, so yeah, uh, so the the woman like I said she's dashing around desperately trying to get ready. She's putting on an outfit, a waitress outfit for a diner, and she comes charging down the hallway and opens the door to your room, or or, or maybe is it locked?
1: No, it's probably not locked. Uh, not, I was about to
0: say because you you know hardware. If there wasn't a lock, you could have installed one. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, no. Right now, it's probably not locked. Cause Jack was thinking about going out this evening anyway.
0: Okay, so yeah, so she throws the door open and says, Jack. I've got to, I've been called in. Uh, Susan has no, uh, Susan is a no call, no show for the third time. So I, I got to pick up the shift right now. I need you to watch your brother.
1: Mom, I've got to go down to the hardware store in town. I've got to pick up some parts for the, the, the job over at the O'Leary's.
0: And she's kind of like, she's kind of dashing down the hallway. She's, in, she's like, well, take your brother with you. Oh,
1: come on. And she's already out of hearing at this yeah. point.
2: And Mike, hear in anyway. the fact that you need to go to the hardware store is like, awesome. I need to pick up some more film for my camera. Oh, damn it. Right. She's like, I'll be back as soon as
0: I can, but I'm probably going to be closing. And yeah, okay. she just dashes out, jumps in the pacer or whatever kind of car you've got. <laughs> and Mikey runs to the door, slams the door and goes,
2: grab me some pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Mike, or Jack, uh, he turns off the stereo, gets up, grabs his backpack, and comes tromping out of the room, just kind of looks at his little brother.
2: Mom said You're you sure you can't me.
1: stay here by yourself?
2: Mom said you have to take me. I need film for my camera. There's evidence to be found. Evidence. It's everywhere. Of course it is. You're just too stupid to see.
0: <laughs> the truth is out there in Sharon Hall. When he, when he says that... <laughs> the, the truth uh, is
2: out there! <laughs> when he says
1: that, Jack actually gets him in a headlock and gives him the noogie. <laughs> 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 uh, what was that? <laughs> What? Ah! What? <laughs> he finally lets him go fine come on i don't want to hear it if i don't if i don't take you with me
2: <laughs> so i guess hey, don't we- forget
1: your allowance because i'm not buying it for you
2: uh so, so like he has got like a big wallet. I think it was like his dad's like old wallet, and he t- takes he takes his wallet and he puts it in his backpack, and it's like it's totally oversized for a kid. <laughs>
0: right. You're just desperately stuffing anything in there to make it look like it's still swelled out like well, an adult would be. He's day. trying
2: to think of himself as a professional. That's why he's got the wallet. Like it's like it's got like different stuff. He's got like certain photos in there
1: just, too. He's collected business cards, <laughs> yeah. random business cards, anything. Hey, yeah. it's all evidence. <laughs> of course, it is.
0: So you hop on your titular bikes, yeah, of and, course. Lock, and, make sure the door's locked, you know. Yeah, and you're gonna hook it down to uh, down into town proper. There's a Mitzi's Hardware. Mitzi's, yeah. Mitzi's, which I'm pretty sure that probably being being a general sort of like handy kid that you are, you're you're really well known oh, yeah. there.
1: Yeah, and Jack is pedaling as hard as he can, trying to leave Mikey behind. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's like he's full on like come on, like. Pushing as hard as he can <laughs> to keep with it with, with Jack, he can see. He can always see him. He's always there in the distance. He's like, it's like Jack. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have your uh, your Walkman on? There you go.
1: <laughs> it's, hey, this is the, the early nineties. This is a Discman. Ooh. It was back before the economy went down. I got one of those. I, the the anti skip technology. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, to be fair, it probably is a Walkman, but you know. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so you you pull into town, and yep. you know it it is like we have described. It's a town that's it. it Mitzi's is, is in the center of town. It's on what in effect the main street. A lot of businesses have closed up at this point, so there's there's some empty shops, and mm-hmm. then there are, there are the random stores here and there. But it's it's a it's a town that's doing pretty poorly.
1: I picture this as probably like a post World War II boom. Town, a lot of brick storefronts and, 100%, and all of that. Yeah. Kind of, kind you know, a lot of people came back to the area after the war and industry came up and all this was built. Now it's just kind of slowly
0: dying. Exactly. Yeah. And oh. and there hasn't been an opportunity for revitalization like you're seeing in, in nowadays. Yeah. And uh, point of fact, like Mitzi's store is, so to explain Mitzi's, it is run by Mitzi and her, in 1993, it's referred to as her roommate. Uh, yes. Marge. So the, the two of them have been running the store
1: dedicated bachelorettes <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. and uh, so yeah they've been running the store now Mitzi actually took it over from her parents who you know post-war boom mm-hmm. and uh, she took it over and started running it and then Marge she and Marge met somewhere and, mm-hmm. and Marge moved to town and so uh, Marge's probably been here about 20 25 years but she's still not quite referred to as a local yeah <laughs> and uh, that kind of thing right and the store itself is so when when Mitzi's parents owned the place, it was a hardware store because of the way the town has been drifting. It's one of those things where it's kind of slowly morphed into an all purpose general Mm -hmm. store. So like, like as, like, some of the grocery stores closed down. Maybe she got a couple of, like, sliding top freezers and has, like, bologna and milk and things like that in there. And she so, sells, like, boots and, right, and maybe yeah. work jeans or something. And, exactly. A yeah. couple, couple of things for the hunters in the area. so She like, can order stuff
2: in for you. It's the kind right. of place where you'd, like, go to buy everything realistically at this point. Exactly. All the
1: chains have moved out of town, and, you know, she's one of the only things left. Right. So she
0: kind of picks up the slack by getting the very generic stuff. Yep yeah would you guys call that a drugstore like
2: when we had some of those things like it doesn't
1: have the same implication in the u.s um,
2: like uh, like in the uk like you would go to like the local drugstore, store and they would have a lot more than just like it wouldn't yeah. be a lot like just like paracetamol and drugs this and would be more there. of like a
1: traditionally would be more of a general store yeah like a general um, store. you know it has everything from hardware to eggs yeah kind right. of deal uh they're less common in the u.s now but that was what they were for okay. for a long time and you still see see him
0: around. Right.
2: And that's, I just imagine like the old wooden Indian outside of the store. <laughs> yeah. If this,
0: if this had been meant to be that sort of store, that's exactly what we yeah. have here. there.
1: So yeah, that's, you know, like I said, guns and butter and everything else, everything in between. Yep. That's this one. <laughs> yeah. I figured Jack kind of comes, comes sort of, you know, he. Hey, He's a teenager. Comes, you know, sort of skids sideways into one of the, you know, <laughs> space in front and,
0: and, and puts his kickstand down. Trying to look cool, but would yeah. never admit that's what he's doing. No,
1: absolutely no. not. He doesn't have a helmet because this is the early 90s and that was not a thing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: and he's already uh, heading inside by the time Mikey, Mikey shows up. He, up. he does kind of look over his shoulder to make sure Mikey's still within view, but he. Again, he would never
2: admit to it. Mikey gets off, pants a little, and while he's panting, he's kind of like looking around, kind of like who saw me arrive here, like (laughs) kind of like making sure that nobody's like looking out windows at him or anything like that. And he kind of props himself up and strides into
0: the store. There's a guy down like a few, uh, few storefronts down who's just sitting outside reading a paper. Yeah, maybe he's up to something. Maybe like. (laughs)
2: But he, t- he pulls out his notebook He's got a tiny wee notepad, and he fill- pulls it out and writes down that note. Weird man, newspaper. <laughs>
1: Three thirty-five PM. Yeah, like it's,
2: it's like looks at his watch, and it's one of those like cheap, like the
0: like a Timex or the, the, a the Timex watch.
2: ones. That's just kind of like uh, the the old like uh, maybe a Power Rangers watch. Like I was his, gonna say, like,
0: was it a calculator? Yeah, uh, oh. not, like uh, it, yeah, like a calculator, <laughs> like, <one. laughs> like an LCD calculator one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So the, the door jangles as you open it and walk yeah. in. It's, you know, there's a couple of people in there. Like, uh, maybe Walt Herman, mm-hmm. the, uh, the hunter is in there looking at, uh, ammunition or doing something with his, with one of his hunting buddies. And, uh, but yeah, it's by and large, there's not a ton of people there.
1: And Jack turns, heads over to the, uh, you know, the fastener section, basically nails and screws and, and what have. You. He's got some, some, uh, finishing screws and uh, drywall anchors and stuff. He's got to pick up. So that's where he's yeah. going. Mikey yeah. walks
2: straight up to
0: Marge. All right. Marge is, is a bit terse. <laughs> <laughs> hey kid.
2: What's up Marge? Looking for, uh, I need more rolls from a Polaroid.
0: <sighs> we might've gotten some, in. Let me look. So she stands up and walks into the back and, uh, Marge always manages to act like everything that anyone does is the biggest imposition (laughs) ever. (laughs) How's business
2: been, Marge? And the new.
0: No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's the most words you will get out of her. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So uh,
2: Mikey just kind of looks, looks up and down, um, looks at the, looks at the newspapers. He picks one up and he's like flicking through it. Uh, Seeing if there's anything. It's like one of the one of the uh, local, local but exterior to town ones. Kind of like checking. I out. I figured
1: out. you'd go straight for like the National Enquirer or something.
2: <laughs> the <laughs> Weekly World News. There
1: you go. Yes. <laughs> yep. Right. Start reading up on Bat Boy or something.
2: Well, <laughs> he, he that's maybe what he was looking at at home. I'm, I'm uh, thinking he's like he's checking out the, the local articles and what was the hunter's name again? Walt. Walt. Walt Walt. Walt Herman. So I guess he he walks over to Walt and goes, "Hey, Walt, what's up?" Hey, kid. How's it going? Not bad, not bad, Walt. Just checking out things around town. See anything weird out in those woods?
0: I guess. Well, was, there's always something weird going on in those woods, and there's you know, there's rumors. <laughs> Care to go on record? He pulls out his <laughs> <opat>. <laughs> About that point,
1: Jack comes walking out from the house. Mikey, stop bothering people.
2: Not <laughs> well, bothering. It's investigating. Geez, Jack, you're never gonna get you're never gonna understand anything if you don't ask questions.
1: <laughs> you're not Columbo. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Walter, Walt looks over and goes, Jack, how's it going, boy?
1: I'm good, Mr. Herman. How are you doing?
0: Doing fine. When you when you gonna join the Grizzlies back again? Where uh we need you on that defense.
1: I just you know how things are around here. I just I've got too many jobs I gotta get done in the too many evenings to be able to practice, and Jack kind of looks a little, little crestfallen about it. But he's like, "It's all I can do to keep up with keep up with class."
0: I understand. Well, hope things get better. We said we're going to w- take championship. We need you there,
1: mm. <sighs> Mike or uh, Jack. I keep wanting to call, him, call myself Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it is. Jack uh, Kearns walks over to the counter. Assuming that uh, Mitzi isn't theres just mm-hmm. waits for, for Marge to come back.
0: Well, actually, Mitzi walks out from behind the back because it was a hardware store. So a lot of the, like kind of how auto stores are now, a lot of the small parts are kept behind yeah. the counter. So same thing. They kept a lot of that stuff initially was behind the counter, but kind of as, as the store progressed and it just became too much hassle to have a lot of people on staff, Yeah, they started moving things out into the front more. So, so you got
1: like bulk stuff. Like there's probably a barrel of grass seed or something next yeah, to the front just door. Yeah, super and, random stuff. Yeah. yeah and, and
0: like umbrellas. <laughs> so, of course. Uh, she goes, oh, Jack, so good to see you. And you too, Mikey. And uh, Ma'am? She says, I actually was hoping that you would be coming in sometime. I have a proposition for the two of you.
2: So like, so Mikey flexes open his <laughs> book, goes to the page, licks his pants <laughs> off, and is like,
0: you have a proposition, eh? <laughs> She's like, come, come into the back here. I want to show you something.
1: Jack just looks at Mikey and shakes his head <laughs> and follows after her.
0: Right. So she takes you into the back, uh, all the way to the back of the store, at the, the back wall where the, the back door is. And on the wall, in, written in black, is the phrase, it's coming. And there's a bucket... <laughs> And uh, a scrub brush. And you can see at the, the G incoming where she's been trying to scrub at it and it's kind of smeared. And if you look at it, it's not painted and it's not written in marker. It looks like it's maybe like like charcoal. Like it, You would almost say like, uh, you would say chalk, except mm-hmm. it's black. So probably charcoal, charcoal or, or something, something. Like, Hmm. She goes, this. She goes, I've had this pop up on my wall three times now. And I'm sick of it. Some kid is breaking in here writing this stuff. I know the two of you. I know your parents. I know your good kids. So I know definitely it's not you. So I want to make you a bargain. I want you to ask around town. I want you to find out who it is who's doing this. I want to put a stop to it. Because whoever it is, they're breaking into my store. And I'm afraid at some point they're going to leave the door open. And things are going to vanish. He'll do this for me. I'll give you each one thing from the store free of charge. No guns. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs>
2: Mikey's uh, Mikey's had his eye on like uh, you know, the old like the voice recorders, right? The ones where he's like the, the, the he, he, like, like one of those. He's the he's real like, to real
0: or like the little tiny
2: ones, the little tiny ones, and uh, you know, the ones so you can, so you can record the professional and stuff journalist like ones, you know, <laughs> oh, with the either, that, micro either that or uh. There's also the the, the the binoculars. Like the, yeah. like the, the, the like high yield, yeah. the high yield like hunters binoculars. The ones you could
1: use for sp- for like spotting for a sniper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like he's got these 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 two things in mind and he's like he's been saving up for one of them, but the idea that he can get both he's like, hmm would help with my investigations. And so, I always like a good I always like a good done it. <laughs> so he's gonna go and he goes so he turns out and he goes, he, go, he looks at Jack and he goes, can we?
1: Of course. You need me to reinforce the locks or anything? He
0: says, you know, that might not be a terrible idea. If you can do that for me, I'll, I'll pay you for it. And you can use the hardware from the store here, but yeah, if you can, if you can throw another lock on there. Sure.
1: That shouldn't take me but a few minutes. I can do it right now. Okay. I, well, yeah.
0: Mikey, why don't you come with me? Why don't you grab that paper? And uh, why don't we see if there's any ice cream in that freezer?
2: So while he's looking over, he goes, Ma'am, let's sit down on the t- the t- and let's iron out some details first. So he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's trying to be all investigate. Like he's been watching, he's been watching a lot of X-Files. So he's like sitting them down. He's, 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 she's like, as he's sitting down, he's, he takes the ice pop and he's putting it in his mouth. He goes, so I've got a couple of questions. And the first one he wants to know is, do you have any enemies? <laughs> is there anyone around town that you may have upset? And oh, like, oh, I
0: don't think there's anybody in town who
2: has a problem with me. Well, I like you, Mitzi. Yeah. I don't understand why people would do this. I'm just trying to make sure.
0: Got to cover thy bases is all. And Marge walks past you. She's holding your film, but she walks past you anyway. She goes, "It's just kids." And then she just walks up <laughs> to the front counter. By that point, you you
1: hear hammering and and whatnot has started up from from near the door or the back door.
2: Don't t- don't tell Jack this. He's going to be really good. They're not going to get in anymore. But like. He's he's really good at what he does, but do you, is there a particular time that they
0: break in? Is it, is it like early? She says, well, you know, we normally close up around 10 o'clock and then we open up again probably about, you know, seven and uh, it's always just sometime after we've left. So, you know, I'd say we, we close at 10, we're probably out of here by 11-ish or so and then, you know, it's, it happens sometime between then and then, you know, we get here about 6.30, so somewhere in between those times at night
1: you hear jack's voice coming from the back it's probably the matheson twins they're uh, always into something
0: anything missing she's those mathesons they're my first suspects too no there's never anything missing uh they they have torn into a bag of uh, briquettes like that's what apparently they used to write on the wall with but I mean they as far as we can tell unless it's something small no they they don't they don't steal anything they don't tear anything up they just opened that one bag wrote it's coming and that's it do you have any idea what could be coming is I there a know. new store coming into town <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i don't know what yeah. it is i don't know what they're saying i don't know if it's if it's some of those was people from that church on the outside of town, or, or what? They are weird. I've been watching them; <laughs> they they do weird things. Of course, you have. <laughs> <laughs> people with their their denim skirts and their KED shoes—it's weird.
2: Mm-hmm. I've got a theory or two about them, and if you have a minute, I can feel free to tell you. About <laughs> Jack
1: me. Jack comes walking over the back. I just uh, and and puts a hand down on Mikey's shoulder. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I put in a new deadbolt. I, you know if they're if they've managed to get a copy of the key or figured out how to jimmy the previous one, maybe this will this keep them out. It's set pretty deep into the frame.
0: All right, I appreciate it.
1: Assuming they're coming in through the through the back, I mean... I,
0: I, they, I would think if they were coming in through the front... I mean, admittedly, I don't know how many people are out at 2 in the morning in, in Main Street, but I would think they're going in the back because that goes out to the alley. So. Yeah.
1: Well, come on, Mikey. Let's see if you can't... Uh, See if you can't question some other people who might deserve it.
2: I'll play good cop,
1: <laughs> of course, <laughs> ma'am. We'll uh, we'll see what we can find out for you. But,
2: and he puts the whatever how much the the money is on the the counter, mm-hmm. grabs his film, and he goes, "I might need this for my investigation." Puts it in his backpack. and Marge's
0: goes, goes, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> Picks her paperback back up and starts reading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Always a pleasure, Marge. See ya. Catch <laughs> you later, March. <laughs> and kind of grabs uh Mikey by the collar before he gets interested in anything else shiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come so, on.
0: So yeah, so in town, uh just to go ahead and, and give you guys some options, there's there's always a few places where kids hang out, depending on where you want to go. There's uh there is the lot, the abandoned lot behind the uh, gas station. And so a lot of people float there. Uh, there's the school parking lot. Even on the weekends, people just park their cars there or drive around. You know, they go from the school to Main Street to Main Street to the Cruising. school. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there is what used to be the city pool, but has pretty much been drained, and there, nobody's paying attention to it. So it's kind of become a de facto skate rink. And those are those are probably the places that most kids are found, like in groups. And then there's the fort.
2: There yeah. is the
0: fort. Yep. That is, I can't believe I forgot that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So, but yeah,
0: the fort out in the woods is always, well, I'm not going to say always, but since nobody owns it, pretty much, like, yeah, there's, there's always a random chance there's going to be some kids there. I guess we should start off in town. Drinking, smoking, and fornicating. Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> Listen um, to that devil music. Yeah, what else is there to do in a small town? <laughs> pretty much. Baton Cruz.
0: I, I mean. Yeah. Investigate. <laughs> Right, um, Mikey puts on his deer stalker.
1: I kind <laughs> of picture him as, as as being dressed as Columbo, <laughs> you know, like like you said, an oversized trench coat.
0: <laughs> Just one like, more thing, ma'am. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I can I kind of see that too. Like I, I'm seeing him trying to like he's trying to he, channel his inner uh, Mulder. And then like
1: Well Law and Order came out, uh do, do, came do. out in like nineteen ninety or his, something too, Taking so. his glasses
0: off and puts his glasses on. <laughs> practicing it over and over again. Yeah.
1: He watches way too many police procedurals.
2: So I guess uh he's gonna turn to you and goes, Well, where do the twins hang out normally?
1: Depends if they're drinking or not. Usually if they're what what day of the week is it?
0: Um, let's say it's... Uh, you know what? Let's say this is summer vacation. Okay. So let's say school's out anyway. School's out for summer. Okay. And uh, so we'll say it's a Thursday. All right.
1: Hmm. Well, they we could be in the lot behind the gas station. Look There's smoke.
0: Yeah. Now, the twins, uh, let's say Brad and Pat. Brad and Pat Matheson, troublemakers. Of inveterate. course. Inveterate. Uh, they are. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing your character kind of is the, uh, like I said, he's the listens to Metallica, listens to suicidal tendencies, kind of the, the metalhead sort of. Uh,
1: uh I think, yeah, I think he's a little bit, he's the, uh, he's the kid that, that he's not dumb entirely, but mm-hmm. he probably spent more time in metal shop okay. than he did in math class. All right. Um, yeah, so he's a little bit yeah, probably kind of blue collar metalhead probably owns the uh the leather biker jacket. Right. You know, yeah. the black leather biker jacket, the Joan Jett uh, <laughs>
0: jacket. Uh either that or the uh just the the leather vest and the denim jacket that it goes under.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, it, yeah. Something right. you know, something kind of kind of tough looking, but that is also not gonna wear out on him because he knows he's not getting another one.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So the uh, Matheson twins, let's say they're uh they're a little bit like you, but just different enough that you can't stand them. Of course, they're uh, they're the punk kids. Ah. so they're agnostic front and minor threat, <laughs> where your suicidal tendencies. <laughs> Metallica, Metallica. Ozzy so, Osbourne, yeah. yeah. So they're they're that in like a uh, army surplus store jackets and uh, skaters also. So yeah, they could be behind mm. the lot huffing paint, or they could be in the ska- in the uh, pool skating, and the their something. flannels and their <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Don't like those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are they true punk, or are they going grunge, though? Or are, they, are they shifting towards grunge? That's the question. Uh, That's the real fight right there.
0: Well, they probably listen to Nirvana and things, but will not admit it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got it.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> they probably have... Or, or maybe they'll go so far as to say they listen to Bleach, but they don't like the new stuff because they sold out. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well...
1: And we're just going to have to go look for them.
0: Okay. All right. So, um, I'll hmm.
1: we'll head to probably the gas station. I'm going to say it's probably nearest. I assume it's probably relatively close to downtown. Yeah, it's close
0: to downtown. So, yeah. All right. So you go there and, uh you know what? I'll Maybe just, somebody's seen them. I'll just make a random, uh, roll. Yeah. That's, I was going to say that it was going to be even that they were there. So, and I rolled a three, so they're not there. Is, is there anybody any- there? Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, there, there is obviously there's the the kid who's running the gas station. Uh, then there are, um, yeah, there, there are a couple of kids sitting in the, uh, sitting in the lot. Um, let's say there's, uh, there's Mary and Stan who are just like some random kids from school that you know. <laughs> And they're sitting there, probably uh, probably smoking. Probably they uh, they bought a pack of cigarettes from the kid behind the counter who couldn't give less of a crap. Of course, you know. Well, I guess we're gonna roll up.
2: (laughs)
1: Roll up, yeah. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Jack's kind of kind of a little bit sweet on Mary. She's cute, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Friendly enough. So,
0: all right, it's a really good thing. Stan. Yeah, Man, she, he didn't care less about Stan. <laughs> yeah, Mary's cute. She's got her little choker and her uh, combat boots on and everything. Yeah, she's
1: adorable. <laughs> Hair at a slightly unnatural color, but not too out there. Right, yeah, you know. because
0: you wouldn't be allowed in, in school if it was. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe black is just, just shading into purple. Yeah, that yeah, kind of
2: something thing. Like yeah. All you right. guys okay. sound like you're reliving something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, are, we pretty much are reliving our childhoods.
0: And so, all right. So, you, so yeah, you, you pull up on your bikes. They see you. And uh, Mary, Mary waves. And Stan just kind of looks at the two of you and like nods.
1: <laughs> hey, how are you two doing? What's going on? Uh, out looking for... Uh, well, was out working. I got stuck with... He just kind of jerks his thumb over his shoulder. It <laughs> is. Mikey walks and his up and goes,
2: Evening people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, like he's trying to like act whole, uh,
0: like sly and He goes,
2: any chance either of you seen the Matheson twins?
0: And Mary laughs. She goes, hi, Mike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hi, Mary. And, uh,
0: she says, yeah, actually we did see the Mathesons. Uh, she points over, uh, towards one Barren patch where there are a couple of uh, cans of spray paint. Mm. It's like uh, they were they were huffing paint there for a little while, but then they uh, they went off. I think they were going to go skate. Uh, that causes brain damage. nothing is going to do them any harm.
1: The skating or the paint,
2: <laughs> both. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So at this point, Jack's a little torn between his desire to stay and talk to Mary. Yeah, and go. So, Mary, what are you doing this summer?
0: Ah, you see it. Uh, i had hoped I was going to be able to find a job, maybe get a little money, but I just don't think there's anything to do.
1: There's not much around here. I've been fixing sinks and doing whatever else. I figure at some point Mikey is going to start tri- start yeah. shit tugging on his jacket. Like, yeah,
2: she's like he's going to see just bumpy. He goes, "I'm going to go in and talk to the dude inside." So he like he walks off. He's not going to talk to him at all. He's going in to buy a candy bar. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. So so in that case, Jack is actually going to continue what he's doing right. and chit chatting. He's going to uh, get Camery.
2: What of that? What was that soda called? One more time. Jolt. The Jolt soda. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and she's she's like, you know, oh yeah, I was hoping I was gonna be able to. I mean, even if it was just something working at you know the Dollar General or something, you know, just make some money. blah, 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 blah. Yeah,
1: and just nattering BS between both of us, right?
2: <laughs> so Mikey walks out and he's he's gnawing on a Mars bar and he's he's got his uh, he's got his Jolt soda and he's like, it's the can's a bit bigger than it. He has, so he's like drinking it and he he just walks up and he goes. Are you done flirting, lit, or can we can go? <laughs> and he just gives him just he, he just gives him that venomous, <laughs> <Mary> laughs.
1: venomous <laughs> look of the you just embarrassed me. You're going to regret that so much as soon as we are out of sight.
2: And um, so, <laughs> like, we got to go to the skate rink. We've got Fine. some uh, perps to interrogate. And he, he walks over to his bike. Uh, and uh, starts pulling it up and he's getting ready to go he off gives the uh,
1: Jack gives the world weary uh, I am so trodden upon eye roll yeah. <laughs> to, to, to Mary.
0: Roll back in the head. <laughs> yeah. All right. Goes, all right, bye. See you later, bye. Mary. See you later, Stan.
2: Stan Gramps goes, by. Nah. meh. <laughs> the cigarettes are gonna rot your brains. And <laughs> he
1: <laughs> and he, uh, he takes off after Mikey. Once they get a little out of speed, he goes around and tries to knock Mikey over. The <laughs> Mike. Like does the, the side kick <laughs> to try and knock M- him over. Mikey's
2: used to it at this point. So he kind of dodges it and he, he laughs and he cycles ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So yeah. So you're going to head to the, the pool. Sounds like a plan. I ain't All got right. a better lead. So. All right. Well, as you're, uh, as you're biking up to the pool, in fact, you do see the Matheson twins. And uh, you see the two of them and you see a third person them person that you recognize uh it's a kid named philip stelzer philip is actually about mikey's age hmm. and uh the twins have him between the two of them and they're pushing him and they're playing keep away with what looks like his backpack uh yeah,
1: so I don't like that at all.
0: And so he's he's jumping up and he's like, come on, let me have it back. And they're like, ha ha. And they're like, what? You're looking for this? You're looking for this? I don't have it. And then throwing it to the other one. So and doing. Mikey's going to like, he's, he starts pushing
2: his bike a little bit faster and tries to do the whole handbrake skid right right at them to give them <laughs> him a kind of like a bit of a fear. Because he's... He's treating the purpose hostile and that's oh <laughs> But Oh you got a bad cop. Yeah, dude <laughs> like, he, he was like he's like I think he figured out in his head that maybe Jack's a bit too soft to go home full bad cop. Well, Mikey can't. Um, uh. Or maybe these guys just deserve bad cop, bad cop, you never know. Would this be a roll? Yeah, let's say let's say this is a roll. Okay. Um,
1: are you going to try and jump it over off the side? Well, of the I'm pool? thinking like he
0: uses the sight of it to like whack one of them. You know, oh, so are you trying to hit them with your bike? or Are you just trying to start intimidate? Over? Like, kind okay, of like, so like an intimidation roll, <laughs> as
1: intimidating as a 12 year old boy can be.
2: Hey, he's,
0: wow. he's on a bicycle. He's he's pumping his wee legs. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's say that is a charm roll. A and charm the, roll. Oh yeah. Uh, and the way <laughs> so the way this game works for resolving uh, difficulties, like I said, you have your your die. And you're all, and I am going to look for the DCs. I'm going to look for the DCs. I don't really think this is going to be... Res- well, you know what? Yeah, let's say this is resisted by their grit. Okay. And uh, I'm going to just arbitrarily decide these kids have a D6 grit. Because they're bullies. They travel in packs. They're not really... But they're weak. So exactly. We're going to roll off against each other? We're going to roll against each other, whoever rolls high. So when you roll... Uh, Your die, I believe, do explode. So if you roll the highest number possible on your die, whatever that is, then you get to keep rolling and keep adding that to it. Cool. Um, Well, I'm just going to
2: say, I just got these new metal die over Christmas and I'm really looking forward to testing them out. Hoping they're lucky. (laughs) These ones are my copper die. All right. Oh, so... (laughs) we both got ones. Snake eyes. Well, here's the problem.
0: Yeah. The Matheson twins are teens. Uh-oh. And teens Uh-oh. automatically get the ability Rebellious, yep. which adds plus three to rolls when resisting persuasion from children.
2: Ah, oh, crumbs. <laughs> so, they got a four total. Ah.
1: Wah, wah, wah.
0: So, I'm
2: taking it like, he rolls up, he tries to do the skid, and he just falls off his bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you succeed at the skid. Oh, cool. It just doesn't intimidate them. Oh, they're just like... so. One. You
0: Yeah, you skid up, and it's, let's say, Pat. And Brad has a hold of the backpack, so he looks at you, and he goes... What are you doing kid watch out and he tries to give you a push oh well so would this be brawn or fight I'm gonna say this is it's gonna be his fight to try and push you okay and then it's gonna be however you want to try and resist it well I would say fight
2: I would say uh, Mikey's a fighter. It's just by his nature. Like he's, he's used to getting people. He asks questions that are inappropriate. He calls people out they their crap. He's used to getting slugged. So like <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna pull his uh his fight. He's he's instant. He's also tr- he's trying to be like his big brother. So he's trying to act all tough. So his fight mechanic
0: is is really kind of it's higher. All right. Now actually, one thing. Uh, I will double check this later on. But for right now, we're gonna go ahead and do this. Uh, So in this game, like we, I think we had mentioned this on air, there are options for failing forward in effect where the adversity tokens that we had mentioned. Yeah. And you get those anytime you fail a roll. I'm not sure if that's when you fail an unopposed roll or any roll, but I'm going to go ahead and say, especially for us just doing a review game, that it's anytime you fail any roll. So since you did not succeed in the the, uh, check... Uh, you don't intimidate him, but you do get an adversity token. I get an adversity yeah, token. And the way that works is you can choose to spend that at any time uh, in a different role. As There are two types of, of actions here. There are snap decisions and planned actions. And snap mm. decisions rec- are, represent things that you just immediately do without uh, any sort of preparation whatsoever. So like maybe if you're uh, exploring the abandoned house and the floor breaks, then in order to jump out of the way, that's a snap decision. Okay. But if you're trying to sneak out of the house and make sure your parents don't notice, that's a planned action. Because you can think about that. You can figure out the best way to do it. You can wait until you know they're going to sleep or do You know the, the creaky floorboard. Exactly. So anytime you have a planned action, you can spend that adversity token to get a plus one. Okay. All right. So this one is going to be a fight. Uh, I am going to say his fight is pretty good because that's, that's kind he's, of what he's the, older than me too. He's older than you. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They're hoodlums. So I rolled a five. I rolled a 12. <laughs>
2: Is that, That's a D12, isn't it? That's
0: a D12. It's, that explodes. That's another two. So I rolled a 14. You rolled a 14. Okay, so nice. that's nine points higher on a combat. Nice. And so combat in this game works uh, a little differently than a lot. There's no back and forth. There's no... Uh, There's no, like, you do three hit points of damage or anything like that. You each make a roll, and that determines the entire fight. Okay. So by doing that, you have really won. There's a chart in the game that explains the narrative result, and that's the attacker versus defender value. Yours is, attacker's roll is greater by seven to nine. The narrative effect here is, you, Andrew, the player get a ton of definition of how this goes the attacker explains their attack and the defender explains how they respond the attacker can alter any of these details as the defender explains them then the attacker explains how this response fails to actually stop them okay so what do you do so he he
2: has tried to swing at you well he pushes he pushes the bait he put the the bait gets pushed over right so uh Mikey being the the quick-footed that he is, spins off the bike mm-hmm. and uh, he goes to he goes to take a swing at his head. Mikey ducks and cup shoots him. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> to, quote, to quote Monster Squad, right in the nards. Oh, <laughs> nice. You know what? I'm not even going to say that he's got some sort of response there. That's just yeah, you you just Full straight drop, stop and roll. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just wail on this guy uh Right in the Jimmy. <laughs> and uh yeah. so the effect that it says is the defender is badly hurt. The bullet hits them dead on, uh, and then you professional care immediately, they're unconscious and will be badly concussed, what the bone is broken, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm gonna say, Oh, he's down. Yeah. Yeah. Curled <laughs> he's up on the ground. Curled up on the ground, <laughs> coughing actually turning green Ooh, crying yeah like <laughs> he's not having kids <laughs> no no like he's definitely gonna have to go get a bag of frozen peas from the grocery store like <laughs> this guy is wrecked <laughs> <laughs> so when that happens his brother turns and goes hey and and drops the backpack and immediately starts charging for it.
1: and at that point i guess uh, jack has arrived and he's just going to uh He's just going to bellow. If you lay a hand on my little brother, I will break you in half. And I'm going to try and use grit. Okay. Because I I suspect my character, being that a 20 in grit is something that, you know, having a 20 in stat is something people recognize in you even if they don't know you. Right. And I'm going to go, I'm going to trade on the fact that my character probably has a reputation as being super tough, Mm -hmm. either from, you know, having been on the football field or what have. And I'm just going to rely on the, the, that reputation as being super tough to try and get him to, to back off.
0: Well, Grit says that it determines how hard it, is, how hard it is to break you emotionally or physically. It seems like it's pretty much just a resistance.
1: Well, yeah, but if you look at like the choosing the stat for a check, you can example uh, a character with high grit might tell them she's taking worse beatings before breakfast and might not uh, and it make it not seem worth their time. You can actually use okay. other stats for that or like, you know, using Brawn to physically intimidate them. For the same type of check. So that's my thought is my character's got a super high grit is probably is very obviously right. super tough.
0: Yeah, you know what?
1: And even if I'm not necessarily that good in a fight, I look
0: like I am. Also, his little brother just dropped. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, that that description seems like that'd be great. And you know, I'm, I'm picturing you as... Basically one Trans Am away from being, like, a pull a, a full-on slacker kid. Like, yeah, you, you look like you could probably give him the business.
1: Yeah, whether or not I can, that's another matter. But as long as he thinks I can, that's all that make, makes a okay. difference.
0: Well, I'm going to use, in, in that keeping, I'm going to use his fight of okay. a D10, because the twins are twins, and uh, to try and resist you uh, with the... Uh, expectation of he's trying to size up whether or not he thinks he could take you. In a yeah.
1: Product. And I think Jack is essentially kind of trying to get in between them and just squaring up his shoulders mm-hmm. and you know, okay. So, as a, in a block. So, Ooh,
0: uh, probably going
1: to do it. <laughs> uh, you want to bet? No, yeah, you might. I don't know. I got a 14.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're definitely going to do it. <laughs> he rolled a one. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying he was probably going to oh, do it. Oh <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, I'm saying you're probably, going to. gotcha. End. Yes. Yeah, I'm rolling on a d20. So wait, I hope I can that's beat another
2: huge success, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a monster wow. success.
0: You know what? I'm still thinking this is probably a combat, so I think it's going to do the combat okay. effect, which is still your role is greater by 10 or more. <laughs> so that's still insanely powerful. You have full control over the narrative. You explain what the defender does in response okay. to the attack.
1: So I figure, like I said, he's charging for for Mikey. Yeah, uh, Jack is, hops off his bike and interposes himself between the two and you know you'd mentioned before that jack was probably a defensive lineman he just he uh plants his feet turns and ducks the shoulder mm-hmm. and uh as the matheson is charging forward he hits him just square in the stomach right and raises up and just lifts him off his feet and drops him just knocks the wind right out of him great yeah so- so- so he's by fairy magic he's on the ground just <gasps> <laughs> Mikey's gonna
0: go over and sit in his chest <laughs> so yeah he he hits the ground and uh, to explain at uh, review wise when it says the attacker has full control over the narratives from what i can tell from kids on bikes and, and kind of one of the things i like about it is it seems like there's a lot of the players have a lot of of power in this game mm-hmm. so from what i can tell you have so much control you could even dictate he runs away like if you decide oh yeah this combat is over because that guy is terrified and bolts mm-hmm. then yeah he would leave his brother so
1: yeah but now we have to, we have to question these guys. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm just saying
0: that that for the audience at home yeah. and for you guys in, in further on in the game like when you have full control it's in effect you become the GM for that that action you nice. say whatever you want within reason yeah <laughs> well, of course and so yeah so yeah he is both of them are on the ground now wheezing <laughs> gasping rolling one of them might be puking <laughs> <laughs>
1: told you. And so he's uh he kind of actually kind of uh jack kind of shoves Mikey to the side a little bit. Nice hit, by the way. <laughs> and uh grabs uh grabs him, uh, grabs Brad, I believe it was. Yes. Pat I think is over there puking
0: currently. <laughs> I think you're right.
1: <laughs> by the by the collar, by his uh by his dog chain <laughs> <laughs> collar that he's wearing, you know. And b- kind of pulls him up off the ground while he's still gasping. <laughs> do you want well hey you're gonna give him his uh his backpack back but i think we've i think well that's i think that's
0: done oh yeah that backpack has <laughs> been dropped <laughs> and, and philip has point of fact run over and grabbed it
1: why'd you break into mitzi's store
0: i didn't break into mitzi's store that looks like a, a liar to me <laughs> Do
1: they have uh, backpacks themselves or sitting around or anything? Nah. Okay. They, well, these look. kids aren't going
0: to lug anything around. Nah. Check his
2: teeth. hands. Check his hands. Ma- they, check his hands, Jack.
0: Uh, their hands do have spray paint on them.
1: <laughs> uh, uh Well, somebody's been vandalizing her store. Looks like somebody's
0: been caught red-handed. Why would we care about that stupid store? Why do you care about anything? We don't. We wouldn't bother with it. If we, uh, wanted, if we were going to do anything there, we would just bust out the windows.
1: You know anybody that might have vandalized her store?
2: Anyone got beef? <laughs> like he's adding like flavor to every <laughs> saying, statement. Like, beef?
0: You've been watching too much MTV, no, man.
2: Everyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone uh, got beef? <laughs> I am
1: old enough at this point; I have forgotten most of the slang of my youth. So <laughs> uh,
0: I'm so just like,
2: making up slang. I didn't. I, I wasn't know. in the country for that.
1: I don't know what Scottish slang looked like in <laughs> the early <laughs> he's '90s. Like, not
0: anywhere close to it makes sense right now. <laughs> he's like, "No, I don't know anybody. Let me go." And he starts trying to like twist around. <laughs>
1: he kind of shoves him back onto the ground a little bit, just not enough to hurt him, but enough yeah. to.
2: Mikey's going to get a finger in his face, and he's going to say, if you don't behave, and he's going to point over at his brother, he goes, I've got another one of those, and he does the whole, like, winding
0: up his hand thing. And Brad storms, (laughs) he stumbles and kind of tries to storm, but is mostly stumbling and gasping (laughs) over to his brother and goes, screw you, he goes, screw you, Jacksons, and he tries to help his brother up a little, he goes, we'll find you again, and you'll be
2: sorry, (laughs) you stay away from Mitzi's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Eh, Let him
1: go, Mikey. And usually they'd be bragging about doing something like that
0: yeah and they they stumble run away <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
0: in the meantime philip yeah Mikey he does to, the
2: whole dust off of his hands the whole clip you... <laughs> And
1: and jackal uh turn to philip He's like, you okay like,
0: i'm fine thanks and he's trying to pick up some books that have spilled out of the Mikey's thing. gonna give him a hand he goes don't worry about those guys they're just jerks <laughs> so yeah you know philip and actually as you're picking up the books you look and uh it's like Philip might, uh, Philip might have some idea of the truth too because the books no. are things like The Wilson Experiment and Chariot of the Gods and Time-Life Unexplained Phenomenon. They're all
2: checked <laughs> out from the local library. Even. And so he, he looks at Philip and he, he says, he, he looks at me and goes, are you a hunter of the truth too, oh Philip?
1: Oh God, <laughs> does the X-Files theme He's start like, quietly playing?
2: Yeah, I, I want to know what's out there. I want to know what's going on in this town. It's
0: been pre- it's weird here. It's super weird here. Have you seen this, the weird lights? The weird lights? Of oh, God. Yeah, the weird lights out in the fort in the woods by the fort. Yeah, every every few days, like there's like weird lights that are happening. They're all flashing and red and weird.
1: And Jack mm. is mean while well, face palming heavily over <laughs> <laughs> nearby.
2: Hey, to, uh, Mikey pulls out his, his book
0: And says Tell me more about These lights And he's like He's, he's it right, right down <laughs> He's like Yeah the lights out Because like I was out there Like On Sunday uh, I was out there Because uh, I, I sneak out there And spend the night Sometimes And like Real late at night I was sleeping in the fort And I heard like A big blast of thunder But there was no rain And I opened the door And there was all this Red light And I could hear Weird noises Hmm, hmm.
2: And he's like doing the whole nod in his head, pencil in his mouth. This sounds like a mystery. This sounds like something, a caper. It sounds like maybe
0: the, the UAW is up to something. And Philip goes, No way! He goes, I tell you what it was. And he kind of waves his hands in front of his chest and goes, Aliens! Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not aliens. It's the unholy auto workers. They're abducting deer.
2: They're not abducting deer. It's all to do with the cult. <laughs> so, Mikey, like,
1: Mikey, come on. Like, you two can talk about <laughs> this later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
2: you, you, me, Philip. We're gonna have. We're gonna sit down over some jewel. Okay. And yes. will you walk me home? And
0: to to Jack.
2: We gotta do it. We can't have the Mathisons go after him again. He knows too much.
1: Jack it very much does not want to be seen escorting a kid home, <laughs> but he sort of feels duty-bound to do so.
0: Feels kind of like a protector. <sighs> Dang it.
1: Fine. Come on. It's not that far.
2: So, like, he's like chitting back. But, like, does he have a bike, too? Yeah, he's got a bike. Right on
1: the
0: handlebars, handlebars of yours. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, yeah, so he's, he's biking along with you. And, yeah, like I said, you, you know, Philip, you're both in the same grade, but you haven't really talked that much before.
1: Well, that's going to change.
0: <laughs> so, like, he's going to, he,
2: like, he's, he's sitting there talking to me. He goes, I've got a full load of photographs of all the weird stuff
0: that goes on. I bet they're trying to build pyramids. I bet that's what I'll, I bet that's what I, I mean. You said that there was something going on at the hardware store? <laughs> uh they're yeah. coming. Something's coming. They're stealing nails to build pyramids. They're not. I'm telling you, it's
2: the cult. They're trying to restart the motor industry.
1: <laughs> At this point, Jack is regretting not having just spent Jack the money slow to go down. to like <laughs> I, to gone to like
2: a movie or anything. But this.
0: Do you think they're trying to get crystals for something?
2: <laughs> you, even Mike turns around and goes, crystals. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a- so yeah, I hate kids. <laughs> so yeah, you, you can hoof it to, uh, to Philip's house to the Seltzer house pretty easily, and, and he's like, "All right, thanks." Because if I find anything out, I'll let you know. Get, uh, we need to
2: we need to hang out sometime <laughs> and have a meeting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe my mom will let you spend the night. Yeah. <laughs> Grab. <laughs> See you later, Philip. Bye. See ya. And he runs inside. <laughs> we gotta go investigate this
2: fort now. That's, I'm telling you, the fort's where the funny business is.
1: Why would we go to the fort?
2: Beside from all the red lights, which is a very important clue. To what? Everybody's at the fort all the time. There's always someone there. Every, someone always knows what's going on in town. Uh, let's just go home. You know I I'm don't... right, Jack. Think about it. There's a tool in there you've had your eye on. We're not getting... You, know, uh, you know you need that air compressor.
1: Fine. We're not going to find anything at this stupid fort.
2: Yes, we are. And he like, <laughs> turns his bike around and he starts to paddle.
0: <laughs> All right. <sighs> so you hop on your bikes. <laughs> and there's exc- other sounds of teenage annoyance. <laughs> one of you very excitedly, one of you very reluctantly, <laughs> head off to the fort, which we'll talk about next week.
2: Ah... <laughs>
1: Who's writing warnings on the wall and who is coming what could the lights in the sky mean join jack mikey and the fortunes crew next week to find out like us and leave us a comment about what you want to hear at fortunes untold Podcast at gmail.com fortunes untold facebook or twitter and you can also find us on google play or itunes and of course at our home on the nerds on it website thank you for listening
0: roll on